Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 49 Timothy the Dragonborn Blacksmith. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests the Dungeons & Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and I'll be joining Nathan Alcozer's table in the Levitating Platter. <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of Sidekicks and SideQuests, the best unofficial D&D podcast in my humbly biased opinion. I am joined by one of the illustrators, creators, uh, behind the artwork of the show. So without further ado, I'll turn the mic over and ask my guest, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us what it is that you do? Well, uh, my name is Nathan Alcozer. I actually am a 3D artist, graphic designer, and I uh, helped create one of the main logos for the podcast. And, and you know, it was a good experience and stuff like that. Like, it was, it was a good time. It was a good time. Yes, you were recommended to me by our mutual friend, uh, Brandon. Brandon and I uh, both went to the same college and were fraternity oh, brothers. Okay. And so when I first put out the call for artwork, Brandon was very quick to recommend uh, your services. And so I, I took you up on that offer. And yeah, you yes. came out with what I like to call the levitating platter variant of the logo of the show. I feel like this leads a perfect segue into the next question. Do you currently or have you ever played Dungeons & Dragons before? Well, uh, yeah, I miss it so much. I haven't played in, shoot, since this whole thing started. Mm -hmm. ended. But I've played. I've definitely played, and I loved it. I loved it. I was actually, uh, if you want to hear the story behind how I started playing. Yeah, um, go for it. Let you know. Uh, basically, so it's kind of not, it's not like a kind of bittersweet story, but I was going through some stuff. I went mm -hmm. to a therapist, and they actually recommended trying something that I've always wanted to try but never did. Mm -hmm. And one of those things was D&D. So I was like, oh, you know, I want to I, I want to do it. Like, screw it, you know? Like, like I, I, I heard you were in a fraternity. I was in a fraternity as well. And uh, mm -hmm. over there, it was kind of like this whole stigma going around, oh, D&D's this, D&D's that. But the reality is, like, I'm, I'm a grown adult. I can do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if people judge, who cares? So that's the kind of the way I was uh, at that moment. And I said, you know what? I'm going to join, uh, it's called, the, what's the app called? Um, the Adventurers League? No, no, no. It's um, it's a it's a social app where you can find things to do. It's called Meetup. Oh, okay. And uh, with that, I actually uh, typed in D&D &D and I found a group called uh, Dungeons of Drunks or, or Drunken Dozen. Okay. Where uh, it's a DM, Colby. I don't know if you might know who he is. Um, his name's Colby. And uh, he runs a, a whole D&D &D game out of a bar. So you can buy beer, you can be drinking and just playing with random people. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've, I've actually had a lot of trouble meeting random people because I'm always, I'm kind of got social anxiety, mm -hmm. stuff like that. 
So I said, screw it. I'm going to go. I went for the first day. I felt at home right away. Mm-hmm. I made the, easily the weirdest character I've ever made. It was literally I based the character off the fact that I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> so so his name was uh, Bill the Bounty Hunter. Okay. And I based him off a bounty hunter that discovered a dragon that bit him, transporting him into the D&D realm mm. and like kind of a bunch of different things and he just was basically in this like universe he had no idea what he's doing he just wants to get home and he's just gonna kind of just ruck it i guess you could say for the entire time so just a fish out of water kind of story yeah (laughs) yeah yeah more of one who like didn't know what he was doing didn't know how to role play kind of like developed his own character his own personality over the i was there for probably about a year and developed his own thing and everybody hated him towards the end because i was the guy that was like but wait we can do this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was me. So it was it was a good time. It was a real good time. And then it unfortunately it ended because of the, the whole pandemic and stuff. And then mm-hmm. uh, from there I had actually uh, started to get into DMing. And because uh, I'm 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 a animator. I'm a three. I'm an artist. You know what I mean. So I like to tell the stories. That's one thing that I want to do. Is eventually mm-hmm. I want to make games and stuff like that. And a lot of that is storytelling. And so I'd actually ask all the DMs that I've met over the, the time I was there and over just in general, just tips and stuff to DM because the stories that I've heard are just so like detailed and cool and, and just in general just it's really good storytelling mm-hmm. so i tried it um unfortunately the group of friends that i play with don't know how to role play so it was like okay. I, created this, I created this whole campaign that i was gonna like fight demons and and get like demon power so kind of like uh, devil may cry i don't know if you played that game i haven't played it but i know of the game yeah okay okay well in the game there's this devil trigger that kind of turns you into a demon and you have all these cool powers and stuff mm-hmm. and i was gonna do all that and we didn't even get past the first episode because the it started started in a tavern and the first thing they did when they walked into the tavern was i want to beat up the bartender okay and i was like man like are you serious and they just <laughs> wouldn't go away so then they beat up the bartender i ended up trying to slam the dm hammer and pull some you're well too bad you're knocked out stuff and it ended up just not working out they stopped right. playing with me they didn't like the way that i was trying to do it so i was like all right whatever right no communication is key so definitely you know having that good relationship between the players and the dungeon master trying to figure out what game you want to play what the setting what the theme's going to be so i certainly wish you luck for your friends uh again in the future so maybe uh when you find the opportunity to present a new campaign they'll be a little more receptive and everyone can have fun right yeah let's hope let's hope i I definitely want to start up another one soon over uh, roll 20 with all this going on because my dice rolling hands it needs to roll some dice right that's for sure (laughs) And, and so primarily you've been playing with the fifth edition of the game is that correct yeah yeah, okay. that's all I'm gonna It's just fifth edition. Cool. I haven't I've actually wanted to get I think it was two point five that looked really like brutal, if I'm right. It may be 3.5. 3.5 is the one where you have the stack of books that goes like this high as far as supplemental material. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'd definitely like to check that one out sometime. I just haven't had the opportunity, honestly. Do you happen to have a favorite NPC character from an RPG, a video game, film, television, etc.? And why are they your favorite NPC? I'm between God of War, Atreus, the the son, mm-hmm. because I kind of relate to him a lot in the sense of like, that's basically like my dad and myself when I was growing up, you know, I was referred to as boy. I don't know if you've played it, but that's basically how Kratos calls him. It's just boy. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, that between that and then a character my DM created, 
uh, a while back, which I hated because it, he was mean. He was really mean to me. And uh, only reason being is he was a wizard. I was a wizard. Mm-hmm. I think at the point I was level 10, but he was like level 30. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and he wouldn't answer any of my questions. And I was the character who would like try and get questions out of the NPCs. Mm-hmm. And he just refused to answer my questions and eventually like just kind of like hypnotized me to never come back and and i, I yeah i basically out of my control right uh, mostly because the character was uh it was just a side thing i don't really know how to explain it but i don't even remember his name so i guess that's probably not a good person oh, to no, jump it's, off. but it's a trade fine oh okay, okay well in that case i'm gonna go with him because he was more interesting but basically he was like the, the cat species in in dnd what is it uh tabaxi yeah, he was a tabaxi, but he was an ancient tabaxi who was trapped in like a room by the the main enemy, the main antagonist, I guess you call it, creating like reincarnation. I guess you could say tubes where where he'd create bodies and then he just transfers consciousness to that body. Something were to happen to him and uh, he was trapped. So he was actually like the super high level wizard who could basically just mind control you like nothing. Mm-hmm. And he would appear randomly throughout our campaign. So like in this campaign, we had just finished fighting a bunch of um, uh, minotaurs and I just finished getting beat up and the whole crew just started getting beat up and stuff so we're all tired we're all beat up we just tried healing we haven't even rested yet i have no spells um i think the one spell i had was control person or something like that and i tried casting it and it and like my dm was like oh it just fizzled nothing happened and i was like ah here we go okay and this was right after we actually got out of fight with the beholder mm. beholder was fought and one of our guys ended up dying i nearly died i actually ended up like bending the rules a little bit because um i was a bounty hunter slash wizard so so I tried throwing a dagger mm-hmm. and they have the spell, which I didn't know at the time was only for archers where it basically like you shoot the arrow and it creates like a tunnel of just millions of arrows falling down. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I know there's Hail of Thorns, and that's a ranger spell, I believe. I think it might have been that one. It might have been it, but I didn't know. I thought it was a wizard spell. But he was like, I'll allow it. And I was like, all right, cool. So I like, in my thing, I was like, oh, I throw the dagger in the air right above the beholder head, and then I cast this spell, and then it just like tunnels down. And, mm-hmm. and that ended up basically killing the, the beholder, and I, I kind of helped everybody with that one. But basically, yeah, it'd probably be that cat. Tabaxi, you said it was called? Yes. The Tabaxi would probably be the best bet. He was a <laughs> I don't like that guy. <laughs> I'll make sure I bleep that out. Hey, even sometimes the unhelpful NPCs sometimes end up being our favorites just because of their stubbornness. So I'm glad that your DM was able to present such a frustrating character for you. What's been one of your favorite side quests from one of your RPG video games or tabletop games, film, television, etc.? And why is it your favorite side quest? Probably back to God of War. God of War is easily one of the, like my favorite games that I've played, and not not regular God of the. I don't know if you played it, the Dad of War with the Trace it Trace, the way they call it, Dad of War or something. Oh, the newest one. Yeah, he's basically a grumpy old man oh. throughout the entire. <laughs> oh, I mean that's Kratos if you could you sum him up. Um, but basically, after you beat the game, oh, I don't know. It's a spoiler. Can I even say it if people haven't played it? Spoiler alert for whatever our guest is about to share about God of War. Oh, okay, okay. Cool, cool, cool. So, yeah, spoiler alert. At the end of God of War, once you beat everything, I guess not really spoiler, I don't know. Once you beat the game, you gain access to actually fight Valkyrie, who are, like, imprisoned or something like that. And uh, you basically try and venture out and find these Valkyrie hidden in hidden locations. And I think the first one I found, the character design. I'm, I'm big in, like, when I'm playing video games or when I'm doing anything, I, a big old smile on my face uh, happens when I see, a, like, a really nice model. Like, when the model shows up and it's, like, gorgeous and it's playable and it's smooth and there's 
no mesh conflicts. There's no nothing wrong with it. I kind of go, uh, I geek all over it, and uh, it, it's cool. Like, I geek out and uh, have a good time with it. Well, the Valkyrie are actually really well designed, and like just the character models are really cool. Mm-hmm. And the first one I fought is uh, you walk into this chamber, and there's like a, a really creepy, like it looks like an arrow just floating in the air. And when you get closer, it's wings, like like she's like a bat, like closing herself. Mm-hmm. And when you get closer, she'll just suddenly open up and come down and be like, you, and then you start fighting. And they're, they're really hard enemies to beat because they're like, it's like the final boss, you fight him, and then like the final boss is here, and then like the Valkyrie are like way up here. So they're the extra, extra so hard like special times boss. In that fight. Yeah. Exactly. That was probably my, easily my one of my favorite side little mission side quests was uh, beating the Valkyrie. And I still haven't done. I still haven't finished it. It's just a matter of they're just hard. You can't beat them. You can't right. beat someone. It's the game designers putting in a thing of like, hang on, you thought you were done, but here's some extra spicy bonus content to really prove your metal. Yeah, exactly. And from what I've heard, I think there's an extra little like side ending that happens when you beat them all, but it's like near impossible to beat them all. So I'll, I won't know anytime soon. Hello everyone, I just want to take a moment to tell you about my first ever sponsor, Plus One EXP. Tony Vicenda is the mastermind behind this trifecta of triumph. He produces tabletop-themed beard balms, beard-themed tabletop RPGs, and helps to support additional tabletop content creators on Patreon. Now, each of his beard balms is flavored after the basic stats from D&D. Do you need some strength for your beard? Why apply and feel yourself empowered with the scent of pine and cedar with a minty edge. If you're feeling rather charismatic, apply a balm of sweet-smelling amber, clove, and pipe tobacco. Each one of these balms is unique in its makeup. And of course, don't forget, Tony developed a whole RPG that allows you to harness your facial ferocity and hair-raising adventures. You can snag a copy of that game as well as a style stencil, enamel pen, or a map of the Whiskerverse. And finally, aside from all of the awesome interviews and actual plays Tony has on Plus One EXP, every purchase you make feeds into the Plus One Forward program, which supports small indie content creators to continue making amazing tabletop RPG content. So head on over to plusonexp.com. That's plus one spelled out and exp.com in order to shop for these balms and games and more. And when you go to check out, use my affiliate code, Randolph, to save some coin on your purchase and to help support sidekicks and sidequests. How else do you think our tavern keeper at the Levitating Platter is going to keep his silver beard so awesome? Once again, the code is Randolph, like how it's spelled on episode 2 and his write-up, in order to save on your order and help support the show. So thank you so much, and now, back to the podcast. And to round out the personal interview section, what are you passionate about and why? I'd honestly say I'm, I'm pretty passionate about, well, for one, my art, of course, uh, 3D modeling, stuff like that. Um, I've dubbed into graphic design. I've done animation. I've done video editing. I've pretty much done it all. But my favorite and what I'm most passionate about that I can just ask anybody I know, they'll tell you, man, if I'm, if I'm in the zone working on a 3D model, I'll disappear for days and they'll be like, "Hey, where you been?" And I'm like, "Oh, I've been at home working." And I, that's it's the truth. I'll, I'll, I've, uh, I've actually worked on a model, gotten so deep into the zone that I'm, I'm working on it, and got my music on. I'm jamming out. I'm working. I'm working. Have a good time. And then when I pick up my head, it's like ten o'clock at night, and I'm like, "Whoa!" I started this at like three. 
<laughs> I kind of lose myself in, in it sometimes. Um, aside from that, I'd honestly say video games. I love video games. And I mean, that that's pretty much what I'm really passionate about. Game, D&D too. Mm-hmm. Ever since I got into it, it's been a, a big part of my life that I've been trying to get back into. But because of this whole thing, the whole pandemic, uh, it's been pretty difficult because, you know, social distancing and whatnot. But I'm definitely trying to get back into it. I'm, I'm, I got to. I have to. I have to roll some dice. I'm glad we took this opportunity to learn more about my guests because now it's time to head into some NPC creation. Oh, it's right. well. This will this will scratch that itch. Yes, perfect. <laughs> so this of course is the part of the show now where we get to make up an NPC character and speaking with Nathan before the show, he wanted to do it with an improv flair live on the air for you our listening audience. So, if you're ready and I do have my tables on standby if we do need to roll some dice to get some prompts. But the first thing we need to ask ourselves is what is the character's name? I'm going to go with Timothy. I like really basic names like my other character, my first character I built was Bill. I'll go with Timothy for sure. Timothy, Timothy the, um, well, I don't know yet. We'll find out. Exactly. So Timothy, Timothy's a good starting base. Okay. What is the ancestry for this character? Like what is their species? I think I'm going to go with Dragonborn. I like playing Dragonborns a lot. Dragonborn. Okay, perfect. I want to try and relate him to Bill in some way. Okay. If I, maybe. Certainly, we can try and work it in. Uh, what is the job or role of Timothy in society? I want to go with he's a blacksmith. He's a blacksmith that I guess met Bill at some point and realized they had some kind of relation, maybe. Okay, so Timothy is a blacksmith and he happens to have this friend named Bill who was a, a bounty hunter and a wizard, correct? Yeah, bounty hunting wizard from Texas. Yeah. From Texas. Okay, from real world Texas. <laughs> Part of that character was he created, I called it the Texas Bible. And I, I do, I have a 3D printer, so I created my own little uh, my own mini. And mm-hmm. uh, with it, he actually had like a little itty bitty tiny Bible that I painted with the Texas flag. <laughs> okay. So I don't know, just a little side side reference is fun, kind of funny. Yeah, but no, yeah, I, I think that's the I best bet is he knew Bill that's for, at some point. Let's see. The next question is, how old is Timothy? I'm going to say he's... In his early 20s, because he's he's getting started. He's not fully a master blacksmith. He's probably at this point a journeyman, I guess you can call it. So he's not he's not that perfect at his craft, but he's getting there. He knows what he's doing. Okay, so now that we have these basic identifiers, let's try and paint a picture as an artist, as a 3D modeler would. Let's describe the physical appearance of Timothy. What are you envisioning if you're going to go and start making this character? Okay, okay. I'm going to say he's... He's built not too scrawny, but he, he's basically like kind of scrawny with, with some muscle because he's a blacksmith. So obviously he's going to have some upper body strength, not tube of toothpaste, upper body strength, but more like just, just well-built, well, a well-built skinny man. There you go. I, I imagine him with probably some pretty good facial hair, a long beard, because I don't know why, but blacksmiths usually have beards, like really long beards. I was going to say, very interesting then that this dragonborn was able to grow a beard. Does he happen to have a belt of dwarven kind on his person? So that's how he grew a beard? Oh, I forget. Okay. So so dragonborn can't grow beards? I think by the published material that's out there, it says that dragonborn don't typically grow facial hair. But there's nothing that says they can't. 
per se, either through magical means or maybe perhaps, you know, this is just a rare dragonborn that gained the ability to grow a beard. Maybe that's the influence bleeding over from his friend Bill. Yeah, you know what? Texas that's what Bible. I'm thinking too. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe, maybe uh, since Bill isn't from the the D and D realm, it mm-hmm. kind of like. I don't know, maybe Bill cast a spell or or did something funny that ended up having him gain the ability to grow facial hair. There we go. That's that's very unique. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What color scales are you envisioning with Timothy the blacksmith? I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with silver, with the silver dragon. Because Bill was a bronze dragon. So is there a silver one or something like that? Like a lighter? Yeah, yeah. Silver is one of the color, metallic colors that a dragonborn could be. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. What three adjectives do you think would best describe Timothy? Stubborn, passionate, and I'm going to go with naive. There you go. Because he's young. He doesn't really know much about it, but he's like, I want to be an adventurer now. So that's what I'm thinking. Okay. So he's stubborn. So he, you know, when he gets something in his head, he's going to stick to it or he has his ways of doing things. And he very, he feels very strongly about it. So that's why he's passionate. And then he's naive because he meets this fellow, I guess you were saying Bill got transformed into a dragonborn when he came in Mm -hmm. from our real world, Texas into the general fantasy land of D and D. So that probably helped inspire his, well, I could go off and be an adventurer too. So he's kind of naive in that sense. Exactly. What is a valuable item, a piece of lore, a secret, or if not one of those, what's an ideal or concept that Timothy ascribes to? I'm going to say his time meeting Bill, because I'm pretty sure Bill told him the whole story about what happened. So I'd say he's aspiring to maybe discover what the other realm would look like, because I'd say I'd say Timothy is from the D&D realm, and he'd like to see what this other realm is because I'd, I'd imagine you know as a as a young adult you're 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 thinking oh wow i want to see i want to explore more and all he's known most of his life is probably his little village his blacksmithing his craft so he's probably like man i want to venture out and discover this other universe is what, what i'm thinking he's going for Interesting. Okay, so because he met Bill and he values meeting Bill and becoming his friend and knowing that Bill's out there adventuring, he actually wants to go and discover our real world, find a way to break the fourth wall, if you will, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. What is a particular quest that Timothy would be willing to recruit or hire player characters to go and do? Is it going to be something in trying to figure this to further this journey with traveling to the real world dimension universe? I would think that first thing hire maybe a rogue to track Bill. Bill didn't stick around because he was a part of this crew that were adventuring. More than likely they met, you know, just buying some daggers, which is something Bill would always stockpile, just daggers and daggers. Just met him real quick. And, you know, after hearing the story and stuff, was like, I need to find this guy. I need to figure out, you know, what this guy's doing. I need to learn about this guy because I want to find this world. So more than likely, he'd probably hire a couple rogues to um, find them, I guess you could say, bounty hunters. And and not really want to kill Bill, but just more of like track Bill, make sure he's uh, not about to venture back to this world without Timothy. You know what I'm saying? Okay, interesting. Okay, so hiring player characters to go track down this other character that's just seemingly in the world somewhere and if you're able to find him it's not a matter of i don't want to kill him i just need to get in contact with him so i can make sure i'm there with him when he decides to go back to the other world yeah so what is going to be the reward for successfully finding out where bill is and getting bill in contact with timothy 
I'd imagine gold, because by now he probably has a good stockpile of gold, considering he runs his own blacksmith shop and probably has a bunch of valuable weapons that he's made and enchanted weapons and stuff like that. And he's uh, discovered throughout his, uh, I guess you could say, his career. Because I'd imagine he wouldn't want to keep that, those possessions anymore, because I'm pretty sure there's no coming back once you're back in Texas. You know what I mean? Right. But now we have to consider the opposite. So if the players are attempting to track down Bill, but they fail to find Bill, Bill leaves, or they just ignore the request of Timothy, what's going to be the consequence of that? I don't don't think there would be one, unfortunately, just because Timothy's kind of... He's not skilled. He doesn't need, I don't even think he has really much of a class yet. I'd imagine he'd probably be a warrior, but um, he'd probably be pretty low level considering he's only been a blacksmith. Um, so, I mean, it would probably just be a matter of like, well, crap, that's it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's, what I, that's what I'd imagine. Now, if, if Timothy was already adventuring and stuff, I'm pretty sure he'd try and hunt down these uh, rogues that he hired or whoever he hired to a fine bill and do something about it. But at this point, I think he just... I guess, you know, that's what I honestly think. So just ultimately disappointed? Yeah, just very, very disappointed. Like, not angry, but I'm disappointed. You know what I mean? Oh, like a dad disappointed. Like, I'm not angry. (laughs) I'm just disappointed. (laughs) Oh, my soul. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. What are the goals and motivations for Timothy as a character? explore discover new things i'd say he seems like the type who wants to maybe possibly a part of it would be to further his craft maybe in this new world there's uh different metals to work with different materials different um skill sets different forges i guess you can call it Mm -hmm. just he wants to know what's in this new universe what is so big about this universe that it had the power to literally transfer somebody to his universe you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. that's what i would think i would think his goal would be to acquire knowledge in regards to his craft in regards to making his life a little more interesting. You know what I mean? How do these goals and motivations affect his general personality? Um, he's obsessed. He's literally obsessed with it. Um, to the point where, like I said, he's given away his life savings to find this random other dragonborn that he met in, in a span of maybe an hour. Um, met him, now he's just obsessed with finding him again to this other world, I'd say. So definitely he's, uh, it's, it's affecting his uh, regular day-to-day life. How does Timothy normally interact with different groups of people? Say, is there a particular way he speaks with family and friends, enemies and rivals, people he works with? Is there a different way that he talks with player characters? Or is he just generally across the board, he's just going to be the same regardless of who he interacts with? I'm going to say he's pretty, pretty generally across the board. When he, you know, hears about his passion or hears about something, he gets louder. He's one of those people that gets louder as they they get more excited mm-hmm. and uh, i'd say i'd say generally people are probably like oh man you, you tone it down a little bit you know what i mean <laughs> mm-hmm. is there a particular accent or language of that timothy uses are there any idiosyncrasies in the way that he acts and communicates not rugged but kind of high-pitched rugged more like hey man like what's up <laughs> okay okay i can dig it I, i'd say something like that yeah What impact has Timothy made on the world? How has Timothy shaped the local area? Everything's everybody thinks he's crazy because he's probably telling people about this other universe, and people are like, "What universe? What? What? What's a universe? You know what I mean?" Mm -hmm. And that was one thing I've I've always thought about in my characters when I make them is that they always know something that I'd imagine in this medieval D and D realm doesn't isn't even a concept yet. Like with Bill, for example, Bill would always make references to his world and everyone would be just like, oh, what, what the heck is that?
I was playing with my characters and I, we actually had this whole little scenario right after a really horrible failure of a story I was trying to tell where they were in a dream and somehow I tied the dream into them still being able to get equipment only because I had screwed up. And they were like, aren't we supposed to like level up and get equipment? And I had just put them to sleep. <laughs> so it was a matter of, oh, well, you know, quick thinking. Oh, well, in y'all's dream, y'all go to the blacksmith shop and have this whole interaction with this blacksmith who I was going to make a universal character and uh, he, he talked in a New York accent and it was the funniest thing because New York doesn't exist, but when the character walked in, <laughs> one of them said, are you from New York? And the guy was like, what's, you, what's New York? Like, what is oh, that? Right. Like, I don't even know what this is. And then they ended up talking about hot dogs and he was like, what's a hot dog? What is this? And then I ended up tying into this blacksmith actually ends up inventing the hot dog by hearing about the hot dog, <laughs> which throughout history ended up becoming the hot dog. So it was a cool little interaction where it probably, that was probably like the funnest part of that game because I was so frustrated mm -hmm. and everybody was just back, just jumping back and forth. And suddenly like another New York character came in and they ended up like, oh, you from New York? I'm from New York too, apparently. It was kind of, it was hilarious. It was really funny. So that was, that was probably the, the easy, easily the, uh, the coolest little thing that, that happened. And does Timothy have any current problems that prevent him from being a bigger player on the stage? Um, I'd say just his background. He doesn't really, uh, he doesn't have connections. He's kind of trying to get into this big thing. And, uh, you know, it's kind of all kind of, uh, I'd say he's grasping for any little string that that comes up to, to pull himself from this uh, boring blacksmith life that he's, he's built to now suddenly wants to venture out and do more. Well, I think we've learned quite a bit about our... NPC Timothy, and it's only fitting now to throw him into a random encounter. Oh, okay, let's do this. <laughs> All right. So this is the part of the show now where we do a little role play vignette where my guest Nathan will embody Timothy and I will be another character in the scene. I'm wondering if perhaps my good boy Duncan might be the perfect other character in this scene. Duncan will stroll into Timothy's shop and probably start, I don't know, maybe hearing him ranting and raving about this elusive Bill, the other dragonborn. Bill, you said it was bronze color? Yeah. Okay, Bill the Bronze Dragonborn from this other realm called Texas and that, you know, he wants to go there or something like that, probably giving him the side quest. Just want to take a moment to recognize another sponsor of the show, Reaper Miniatures. They have been Texas Titans of the tabletop industry since 1994. They're right here in my backyard and they have an amazing warehouse and game store. They make everything from paints to gaming accessories. Stream on Twitch with tutorials and interviews, and host the ReaperCon. This year, back in person from September 2nd to 5th, 2021 in Denton, Texas. Whatever system you're running, whatever game you're playing, Reaper has a miniature that has you covered. Want to include Randolph in your game? Then might I suggest looking at their catalog for SKU number 77661. Perhaps you need a Lord Grubbub. Check out SKU 02646. Are you in the market for your very own Skink Knows the Lich? Look no further than SKU number 77280. You know, every time you shop with them and you spend at least $40 on your purchase, they will give you a cool new mini for free. And this miniature of the month is always something new. 
And if you're wondering how you can enjoy the benefits from my sponsor, if you visit my website, you can find a link for our sponsorship and use my referral code link when you shop to help support Sidekicks and SideQuests and get you some savings. By clicking that link on my website, it helps to track the traffic that our show directs towards Reaper Miniatures. The more traffic, the more that our Texas powers will be able to combine. So again, go check the link out on my website in order to use my special referral code and be sure to follow Reaper Miniatures on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. And be sure to sign up for ReaperCon 2021 and tell them that Sidekicks and SideQuest sent you. So thank you very much to this sponsor and back to the podcast. After completing the quest of reuniting the band members to the Dwarf Hop Bards group, Duncan, very tired, decides to rest at the tavern. He's going to go to the blacksmith shop because he needs to restock on some basic weapons and armor. And when he travels to this blacksmith, he can see that there are a number of people who are taking a wide berth of this shop. And he can hear excited talking in tones coming from within. So as Duncan opens the door, he comes in part way to some kind of rant or conversation that this character inside is having. I'm telling you, oh no, it's not, that's New York. I keep going, I always go back to the New York. Whenever I do a character voice, I go back to the New York accent and you stop that. I'm telling you, Texas is a thing. I'm, I'm telling you, like it, it, it's a thing. And I guess screw it, he's from, he's, he has a New York accent. I can't get past this. <laughs> Uh, it's a thing. I'm, I'm telling you, like y'all need to believe me. Texas exists. It, it exists. I, I heard it from a guy from Texas, and the whole time everybody's just like, "What's Texas?" Yeah, there's there's a number of people that are just kind of milling in the shop, and they're just like, "Look, uh, I, we just want equipment. We don't want to hear about this Texas business." And some of them start leaving, and Duncan's just standing there. You know, he's inside and he's watching people leave. He'll say, "Uh." Uh, hello there. Uh, my name is Duncan. What's this Texas that you're talking about? Finally, somebody's interested in what I gotta say. First, well, I'll get back to that. You can, you can, uh, you can wait for your equipment that I'm assuming you're here for. Yes. Texas is a world, a different world. We're in this world. Texas is a different world. Do, do you grasp what I'm saying, Duncan? Yes, yes, I do. There are there are many realms beyond this one. The the Shadow Plane, the Feywild, Plane of Fire. There's all sorts of other places beyond this world. No, no, no. You don't you don't understand me. Texas is a different universe by different laws. I don't know. I know that in Texas there's no magic. Magic doesn't exist. There's something called guns. You ever heard of a gun? Mm, Duncan will roll a history check and say, Guns, no, I know not of these. They're, they're like swords that fly really fast and from far away, it, but without magic. Does that make any sense? It's something called gunpowder. I don't know how they work, but they just work, and it's, it's cool, and I've got to find it. I've got to figure out how to, to get there. And then, uh, so Duncan, you know, has approached the counter by this point and is, uh, you know, starting to queue up some items that he wants to get and setting other items on the counter that he wants to have repaired. And uh, so Duncan will continue the conversation and say, well, it, it, it sounds like an amazing and exciting place, even though there's no magic there. I assume you know some way to get there. Is that what this is? Not yet. I want to figure out how to get there. 
but I don't know how. I met a guy, his name was Bill. He was from there. He had this book that looked really nice, but it, it didn't tell me anything. It was just, it just had a bunch of random slogans like, don't mess with Texas. And, you know, just all these weird slogans that, that made no sense, but it was just really interesting. And I asked Bill how he got here. He said something about a dragon bit him and dragons aren't supposed to exist there, but somehow this dragon bit him and just transported him. So I'm trying to find Bill. I don't know where he's at. I I, I got people looking for him, but I don't, I don't know if this is even going to become a thing, but I'm going to figure it out one day and I'm going to get there. Hmm. Interesting. So you say that Bill is an adventurer like myself? Yeah. He's a, I think he's a wizard. A wizard. Hmm. What pray tell does Bill look like? Uh, well, he looks like me, but Brown's, um, he basically, without the beard, I'm pretty sure you're wondering about the beard. I was going to not mention it up. I didn't want to be rude. This is the first time that I've ever seen a dragonborn with facial hair. So I'm assuming then that this bill had something to do with this. Yes, he, he gave me some kind of, maybe he rubbed off on me from, from Texas. Like, this is something, like, I love it. I love my beard. And then he starts stroking his beard. And he's just like, look at this. Look at this. And it's, <laughs> it's very impressive, I might admit. Yes. I'm uh, I'm a bit scruffy, so I, I haven't uh, been able to muster an epic beard such as that. And he's just like, I mean, look at this. It's nice. I want to see what else that, that exists like this. Like, this is cool. This is one of the main reasons I'm, I'm trying to get there is just something just new. So Duncan will negotiate the price and buy new equipment, getting uh, equipment repaired. And Duncan will then offer uh, to Timothy and say, tell you what, since I'm an adventurer, I travel these lands. I go to and fro. I come across all kinds of different adventures all the time. I will keep my eyes peeled for this Bill character. And if I see him, is there something you want me to give him? Some way perhaps that you can get in communication with him so that way you can figure out how to get to this land of Texas? Uh, give, him, give him this dagger for me, please. And it's a dagger that's very specific to that blacksmith shop. And like I said, uh, Bill would be stockpiling his dagger, so he'd probably have a few of them. Give him this dagger, and and hold on, hold on. And he goes and grabs a knife, and he carves his name, Timothy. Please contact, and then gives it to you. And mm. just just tell him to tell him to, to to contact me, please, please. Of course. Okay, and then uh, Duncan will safely store away the dagger on his person, and uh, the next time that he's out on the road traveling and happens to spy a bronze dragon board that answers to the name Bill, he will make sure that he delivers the dagger. And scene. All right. So after our little vignette there, it of course means we're entering into the final thoughts section of the show. So Nathan, final thoughts. What did you think of your experience of actually now being on the podcast, not just designing the artwork for it? Uh, it was actually really fun. I was I was nervous. I, this is the first time I've ever done something like this. It was it was a lot of fun. It was a blast. It was a blast. It was nice meeting you, Kirk. You know, it was yeah. a good time. A really good time. I look forward to hearing you one day. So I'm glad that we were finally able to talk and get you on the podcast. So before we go, I always like to give my guests a soapbox, an opportunity to promote and plug the heck out of whatever they want. So I'm going to do that now. I'm going to turn it over to you. What have you got to share with us? Where can we find you on the internets? Give us all the details. 
once again, my name is Nathan Alcozer. I'm going to spell my last name because everybody has trouble with it. Um, it's Nathan, N-A-T-H-A-N-A-L-C-O-S-E-R. That's my last name. If you want to check me out, go to my Instagram. That's uh, Alcozer Nathan or at Alcozer Nathan. And then if you want to just go directly or you can contact me or you can check out my portfolio or you can check out my work, go ahead and head on over to uh, NathanAlcozer.com. Um, I do 3D graphics. I do 3D development for 3D printing. I do 3D animation. I do graphic design. I'm just a generalist. I could talk to you, work with you, see what you got, and probably fulfill your needs, I guess you could say. Um, so, and that, that does include mini creation. I do make mini. So, considering it's a D&D podcast, I can customize your mini 100%, 3D print it, paint it, send it to you, and you have a nice little mini to play with. That's awesome. We might have to take you up on that someday. It would be very cool. Maybe one of these days as a future crazy goal, say if uh, this podcast ever got a Patreon and then maybe we work out a deal. It's like, oh, if we have, you know, so many Patreon subscribers at this level or this goal is met, we'll partner with Nathan. We'll make a little Duncan miniature then that everyone can have in their game so they can just have a little Duncan running around their world. (laughs) Definitely. That sounds like fun. That sounds like fun. Well, Nathan, I thank you so much for your time today, for being on the podcast. I look forward to having you back. Unless there's anything else that we need to say or do, I'd like to wish everyone a fond adieu and have a great rest of your day. All right, you have a good one. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and Side Quests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Overcast. Or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. Visit our website, sidekicksandsidequests.com, for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the show and the guests who have been on it. To stay up to date and interact via social media, you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit by searching for SideKQ Podcast. I would love to talk D&D and showcase your fan art stories of how you used our NPCs, discussions, and commentary. If you would like to hail the bod, send an email to sidekicksandsidequests at gmail.com. To help this show be the resource it's meant to be, I ask that you please leave a review on iTunes to help spread the word and share our show with your friends and family. Whether you're a veteran player or an aspiring dungeon master, there's something here for everyone, and I want to hear about it. Sidekicks and Sidequests is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast, copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four!